You don't have to be a fortune teller to see that Rory Linkletter is going to do some incredible things in the future, but that's mostly because he's already doing some fantastic things. After helping his NCAA team, BYU, to a second place finish at the 2018 NCAA Championships, he took off for Kingston less than a week later to take fifth place overall in a very stacked senior men's race, punching his ticket to represent Canada at the World Cross Country Championships. We chat with Rory this week about all sorts of things, including his cross country season, racing for BYU, flying up to Kingston for the national championships, he talks rivalries, what he's doing differently for this indoor season, and Jared Ward's mustache. You're not going to want to miss this. You're listening to The Terminal Mile at The Terminal Mile on Instagram and Twitter, a Tracky Radio production. Just a quick side note, Rory had actually lost the keys to his rental car at the Cross Country National Championships, and that's actually where we met up when he asked me if we could make a quick announcement, you know, just in case anyone found the keys or something. All right, so the first thing that the that the people want to know is, did you end up finding the keys to your car? Yes, I did. I found them thanks to Ben Flanagan's sister and dad they were helping me look through the field and when they were looking as soon as they started looking some random person like was like are you guys looking for this and raised it up in the air and so after about an hour and a half of searching through the grass at Fort Henry uh as soon as the Flanagans started helping I found it so yes the keys were found oh man you just gotta love a a good cross-country crowd they're super into it but they're also like super helpful too yes totally Oh, man, that's awesome. So you were there with your brother. Um, you know, I know this is an interview with you, but hey, let's let's uh, let's check in with that first. I mean, like, how did uh, how did your brother do? He was mid pack somewhere in that youth U uh, eighteen race. I think it was a good experience for him. He'd never been in a race with that many people in it. I think there was like two thirty in his race. It was nuts, but. Uh, He's pretty fresh in the sport. I think this is his second season of cross country, so still a lot, lot to learn. But um, I'm planning on being the high school cross country coach for him and his team next year. They just their old coach just left, so I'll be taking over in the summer. And so I'm really looking forward to helping him develop as an athlete. And that that was the high school I went to, so I'm really excited to get back. Oh man, that's that's super cool. Is that something that uh, has always kind of interested you? You know, going down that that coaching path. Not necessarily this early, but with this opportunity that presented itself, I mean, it's just temporary. It's not like a long term fixture, but just with the opportunity to coach my brother and to coach my, you know, the high school I ran for, just seemed like something I couldn't pass up since it was so like it's just such a small window of time. And there, when when else will I have this opportunity? You know, so. I jumped on it and they offered me the spot and I was really thrilled. Oh man. Well, I, I can't see why they, why they wouldn't. Um, you know, this year's NCAA cross country was like, I found myself getting super invested in it, not just to, in the running, but like also in kind of the stories surrounding it as well too. I mean, like BYU was, was going in there just, you know, looking for maybe redemption is the wrong word, but um, you, you know what I'm saying, and you know you had like you could some... say redemption. You could say redemption. <laughs> oh, yeah, you you'd use that word, eh? Um, I would use I would use that word for sure. Oh, okay, all right. Well, then we're we're keeping it. We're keeping it. Um, but you know, like you guys had some some pretty worthy adversaries as well too. 
perhaps you know let's let's talk about that you know the build up in the season heading into you know conferences and 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 the championships what was it like to live that and be a part of that story this year so it was a great lesson in learning from your failures i would say so the year prior um it was like we and us and NAU had never faced off right but we were both dominating every race in 2017 cross country season and us, you know, it's a funny thing. Every runner, I feel like, falls victim to this. But, like, as long as you're running around the same level as someone, that, but you're not racing them, but, you know, posting the same times, placing around the same area, you just assume that you're better than them. And then when you guys get to head-to-head, you'll win that matchup, right? Mm-hmm. I think that that's something that a lot of runners fall victim to. And so we saw, oh, we're scoring similar to them, we're dominating, they're dominating, but we're better because we are who we are, right? Mm -hmm. So we went in to nationals the previous year and regionals thinking, you know, we we are the better team, we just got to show up. And um, that was a uh, very humbling experience because they absolutely kicked our trash in 2017. Like, we weren't even ready for it, you know? Like, we went in there thinking we were going to run run with them and then run away from them. And then it, in, in reality, they just came out guns a-blazing and never looked back and we never had a shot. So, you know, 12 months to stew over those feelings, you come into this, this upcoming cross-country season and you say, what can we do differently? Because, you know, doing the exact same thing and expecting a different result would be crazy. And so we were like, well, we're definitely going to respect the hell out of these guys and expect them to ball out and them to show up and not expect us to just be able to beat them because we've been working hard too, right? Like that's so naive to think that running owes you anything. Um, So we knew very well who they were this go around and we knew who we were and we were confident in who we were. But instead of focusing on us versus NAU, it was kind of, the redemption story was more like, let's prove BYU is full of a bunch of guys that are fighters and studs and we want to prove that when it come, when nationals is over, like dang, that was a really really solid team. Like regardless of the result, like BYU was as legit as we thought they were, and that's I feel like we achieved that. And a lot of the guys finished the season with their heads high and feeling really good about where we stand. You know, there's there's a lot of talk about how you guys uh, ran the championship race last year and, and the tactics that, that you guys chose in that race. Do you feel like you executed a whole lot better, uh, you know, on the championship day this year? Yeah, so I can't speak for all my teammates, but I can speak for myself when I say cross-country is a very interesting race for me because I really don't like running my fastest mile, the first mile of a race. (laughs) And the NCAA loves to do that at NCAA Cross. It's like everyone is running from something for about the first five, six minutes of the race. And so in Wisconsin, I went out in about 439, 440 for the first mile and about 545 for the first 2k and i think we came through 1k in like 245 so it was really really fast the first k and that course was covered in snow and it wasn't like soft snow where you could kind of dig in it was like hardened from being really cold and so it was like almost running on like thin ice mm-hmm. and so for me it was like dang here we are in a race same story as last year everyone's going out you know balls to the wall and I just don't think I can do that this year. And I, I learned from last year 
that like you can defeat yourself in the race really quickly by focusing on what other people are doing around you. So with about, you know, right as soon as I realized the race was going to be very similar to the year prior, I just kind of like hunkered down and said, you know what, you take this one K at a time. It's a really, really long race and I'm going to let it unfold in front of me. And I kept that top, top 50, top 40 through the first couple K. And then as the race really settled into its rhythm, I felt like I was climbing up the field the entire time. And my team, I had a few teammates right off of me. And then I had one teammate up in the lead pack that was able to go out and hang with that pace from the start. And I felt like, you know, we executed our best race on that day with the given conditions and the given way the race played out. I don't think anyone finished the race and said, dang, I could have given more. Dang, I should have done that. I think it was a, it was a matter of like, we just executed what we could do on that given day with how we were feeling. And I think for the most part, we're happy with that. Oh man, you, you, you almost have to be, you almost have to be. Yeah. You know, listening to all this and stuff, yeah, I get a lot of guys on here who say, you know, I don't, I don't read the message boards. You know, I stay off the boards. Uh, I even stay away from, you know, going through a lot of results and, and that sort of stuff. Were you guys pretty invested in that sort of uh, stuff, you know, whether it be the boards or whether it be, you know, micro analyzing everyone's results and that sort of stuff? I would say that that was another big difference this year. 2017, yes, we were totally listening to what media had to say about us and NAU and the field and we were on the let's run boards we were on the the uh you know the social media game the the results looking oh we would beat them at one they would beat us at two you know like just great and uh this year literally none of it like I deleted my Instagram and Twitter for the last three weeks of the season um and we didn't get on any flow track stuff other than I was interviewed once and so I was asked to be on and I wasn't going to say no. So I, so I went on and I interviewed and answered the questions I was asked. But other than that, I didn't care what they had to say in their rankings and their previews. Uh, I didn't really focus on what NAU's results were at meets. I was aware of them because people bring it up in casual conversation. Just if you, if you know the sport, the people that follow it are very excited about it. So if they see you, they're going to go, oh, do you guys think you can beat NAU or, oh, did you see what they did last week? So you're, you can't avoid it completely, but we at least tried to turn off all of the stuff we could control. And we were very focused on what can we do to run our best race in November. And I think we did a great job of doing that. Oh, for sure. For sure. You know, hearing this, it sounds, you know, it almost sounds like it's more intense than than living life as a professional athlete. Uh, you know, post post college and and post university and that sort of stuff. Do you, you know, you, you've got to be looking towards the future. And I don't know whether you, you know you see being a professional athlete in in your future. But do you think you know like this is just super preparing you for for what's to come? Yeah, I mean, I would uh, I'd be lying if I said I didn't want to pursue running professionally. Uh, I do. I really would love to continue to run for a few years at least. You know, with this sport, you got to be happy with whatever you're given and work for everything. And so you don't know what's going to happen. You see all these athletes of high caliber, like struggling to get deals and that kind of stuff. So it's it's not going to be easy. So I don't know what that's going to entail, but I do plan on pursuing running for a few more years. And I do think that the NCAA and its intensity does lend to preparing you for what's to come and i do think that there's some similarities and some things that 
uh, are going to be very different once I make that transition. So, but I think it prepared me well and, you know, I've made it out of the NCAA system pretty, pretty, uh, healthy. I've never missed a race because of an injury. I've, I felt like my coach has been in the, felt like he's thought in the best, best interest of me as an athlete. And I don't think that that's the case everywhere. So I feel pretty fortunate to be in the situation I'm in. Yeah, I saw you posted, um, you know, maybe it was a week ago or a couple weeks ago that you, you know, you posted who your favorite athlete was. And uh, it was a guy that I'm sure you've, you've run into quite a bit uh, since then. So maybe, like, I guess I'm, I'm kind of interested in your selection, just because I don't think he would be everyone's favorite runner. Um, Not that he's not a great runner, it's just, you know, not top of mind. So maybe talk to me about who he is and why you chose him as your favorite runner of all time. So, yeah, the question was on an Instagram story. It was, who's your favorite professional runner? And I said, Jared Ward. And that's mostly because I know Jared Ward really, really well. uh, And he's been around the BYU program for years. And he's just a standout guy. He's accomplished a lot as an athlete. And he's an even better person than he is a runner. And I look forward to, I plan on training with him over the next year or so after I finish my eligibility here at BYU and I don't think that there's anyone who's like more like as a mind like and physicality of an athlete he has everything you would you would want in the sense of like he's patient he he is very gritty he is calm it's just uh he's inspiring in a lot of ways because I've seen him perform so well on such a great international stage, you know, with the sixth place at the Olympic games in Rio in the marathon. And then he just recently was uh, top American and I think sixth overall or fifth overall at New York. Mm-hmm. And he's had some pretty outstanding performances, but what people don't know is, and I'm sure that this is the story with a lot of athletes, but like what goes on behind the scenes makes things seem even more insane because this New York marathon, for example, where he ran like 212 on New York's course and was, you know, the top uh, non-African in the race, he, he, uh, he had like a terrible build. Like I, he was considering dropping out of the race. Like he talked to the race director four weeks before and the race director was like, eh, just give it a shot. Cause he had a, a tweaked hamstring and you know, his buildup was far from perfect he actually went to Flagstaff over the summer and trained with one of his competitors that ended up being in that race, Scott Fobble, who finished right behind him. And he was telling me when he got back from Flagstaff how Scott looked so good. And he was like, uh, I'm not in that kind of shape right now. But then he goes out and beats Scott Fobble at New York and is the top American. And I think that's a testament to his, his grit and his mind. Uh, and I love seeing athletes that have unideal circumstances, you know, exceed their own expectations. And he's someone who's done that so many times in my eyes. And I think that that is more impressive to me than someone who seems like they've got it all figured out. You know, you don't know all these people personally, but there's some athletes out there that just can do no wrong and everything seems picture perfect. And Jared's not one of those guys. So that's what's inspiring to me. And the mustache, the mustache, it, it counts for a lot too, no? It's a good mustache. Uh, I, I envy the mustache. I wish I could grow that mustache. I was rocking a mustache at ACXC, and I don't know if anyone even noticed, but, you know, I, I do what I can. 
<laughs> oh man, speaking of ACXE, it was so so close to that uh, to the NCAA championships. I mean, it was just a week out, and you had to you know fly across the country to to get to Kingston. And you know you've had you've had some pretty good luck there uh, in the past. Although I have to think after the season that you had, you know, you just had to be drained. What what were the goals going into ACXE this year, dude? It's simple. When you're planning on coming off of the NCAA race and you want to make that world cross team, I, I had the sole purpose of going in there and qualifying and making the team and then going back to the drawing board and getting ready for that and getting ready for a good indoor season. I didn't know what my body would give me on the day of the race, and that uncertainty was more obvious in the, the week leading up to the race. So right after NCAAs, I you know, did some shakeout runs and did my like little tune-up session on the track right before I left for Kingston. And it felt terrible. I mean, my, I just felt like I was running, you know, my legs were heavy. I felt like I was labored in my breathing. I just felt fatigued and I was like, Oh, well, you know, we got a couple more days. I, I can recover some more. Obviously that 10 K from the previous Saturday wasn't out of my legs on that session but it, I didn't give up. I kind of was like, okay, let's, let's hope that, you know, a couple nights good rest and, you know, just time will do, do me well. And I got to Kingston and I was excited to race. I got to spend a lot of time with Ben uh, Flanagan before the race. We, we were in the same hotel and he didn't have a car and I did. So I was driving him around a little bit and it was nice to, you know, pick his brain and be, be able to hang out with him. And so, you know, the race got me excited. Hanging out with him got me excited. And then when the gun went off, I was just ready to go to war. And I just kind of stuck my nose in it. And it was one of those races where it was obvious that uh, the first couple K were going to be crucial. And I was able to at least maintain form through the last 5K after putting myself in a good position and feel pretty happy with it. Oh, yeah, man. You can't uh, you can't be too upset about that. Taking a look at the field this year, like... And like I have to say the same about long distance running in Canada in general, but taking a look at the at the field that this year, you know, like there's a bunch of guys who didn't have that effort in the, in their legs, but also were like just super talented. It was good to see you know guys like Esselink do well and and stuff like too. I suppose you you know a lot of those guys uh, from making a couple uh, of Canadian teams at this point as well too. No. Yeah. No. Esselink was on my on my team uh, that went to Uganda two years ago. And I love that guy. He's a good guy. He's a good competitor. And I hope he has a great build going into this because I know last time he, he got injured going into like with some plantar fasciitis and just didn't get to, you know, get the most out of his experience at World Cross. And I know that if he's healthy with the way he's been training out in Vancouver, that he's going to be a force to be reckoned with. Him and Bruchette seem to be doing really, really well together in that little tandem of training. And they seem to be building momentum. And, you know, Mike Tate, I know him really well just from the Utah slash NCAA slash Canada connection. Hmm. We have a couple things that tie us together. And I've hung out with him a few times. And I think he's a class act and a total grinder. And it seems like the, the DST Speed River situation is treating him really, really well. Uh, so I'm excited for this team. I, I, I think Ehab Elsendali is a super promising young athlete. And Ben Preisner and I have been on a world team before. So all of these guys I feel like are super awesome and it's going to be so much fun to toe line with them. Oh, definitely. Definitely. All right, man. Well, like, 
indoor track it's coming up and like this is your last last kick of the can and i have to think you've got to be super stoked for this i am very stoked i've got some big big goals that are probably going to surprise some people uh, as far as like my focus uh so i'm excited to you know surprise the running community a little bit well i you know i'm gonna put it out there 2013 is when you have your 800 pb from is is this is this where the focus is um i'm shortening my my events if that's the question i i think after some trial and error and you know giving a go at the 10k and cross country and all that i think me and my coach went to the drawing board and thought about it a little bit. And I think my best bet is to uh, focus on the speed for a little bit and see what that does for me. I've kind of tried to be a 10 K runner for a long time. And, and every time I try to, it seems like my best race is the one that ends in a, in a sprint finish and is shorter. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to focus on things 5k and under and I've been changing my training a little bit. And I'm the, the indoor season, my biggest focus is, you know, sub four mile and a really fast three K. Yeah, man. I, I, I mean, I think, I think it's definitely, uh, definitely going to happen for you this year. This isn't a long-term thing though, is it? Um, it's probably not long-term. I think long-term, I still see myself as a true distance runner. I just think, uh, this is something that excites me right now. And it's giving me an opportunity to kind of test the waters and some other things. Uh, I still am open. I, I was actually asked the other day by someone like, oh, if you could have your pick at an event, you know, to focus on through 2020, what would it be? And I, my answer was anywhere from 1500 to marathon. <laughs> so I don't know. And I think that's either scary or exciting because I do think my, my uh, training and skill set has put me in a situation where I'm in the caliber to compete in any of those events. And so we'll see what happens as I focus on the mile and 3K this indoor season, but uh, and the 5K coming outdoors. And we'll see. We'll see what happens. You know, it, what, I, what I find really interesting is like, you know, at this point, you know, you are looking at stuff like world championships and you are looking at things like, like the Olympic Games. It almost kind of seems like, I mean, like obviously – the NCAAs is, is important to you, but like it's it's all about the development, and that's really cool to see from an NCAA program. Is that you know is that coming with support from from your coaches and stuff, or is that something that, that you kind of came to that conclusion by yourself? Well, I think uh, if you ask Coach Eyestone, his first and foremost goal is to have me place well at the NCAA meet uh, <laughs> every year. So. He, but he also is very like he's a he's a he's a people person. So me and him have a great relationship. I can go to him for anything and you know bounce any idea off of him. And when I came to into his office after the cross country season concluded and said, you know, I think my best bets to focus on shorter races this indoor and outdoor season. You know, he didn't question me for a second. He was like, I actually agree with you. Uh, I think that that'll be great for you. And the good thing about having such a deep team right now at BYU is he can move me out of the 10 K outdoors and move me out of the five K indoors. And we still have a bunch of guys in those events that can compete at a high level. So he's allowed to take a gamble with me and focus on what I think is best for myself. Because he's got so many guys that are in his arsenal that are 
going to compete. You know, oh, definitely, definitely. So, okay, so this is your last uh, last kick at the can of NCAA's, but you know, given your answers and stuff, I, I want to know what's what's next. What's uh, wh- after NCAA outdoors? Where do you have your mind after that? Um, I think I want to extend my season through the summer. And, uh, if I can run the times on the track, I'd love to take a shot at going to Qatar and, uh, making that world track team, probably focusing on, you know, 5,000 meters. Maybe if I can find a fast 10,000 to jump in, in the summer after the NCAA season, I consider it, but I think 5,000 meters is my focus for this year. And if I can't make, you know, the world track team this year in those events, in that event, I probably wouldn't hang my head about it. But because my biggest goal is to be prepared to compete for the Tokyo game, uh, you know, that team. So I think we'll see what happens this year. But I'm going to hit the roads in the summer, you know, just have some fun mix it up. I've been doing the same thing, same routine, same races for years now. I'm super, super excited to mix it up in some odd distances and some some different races with new faces to compete against. No more NAU guys, maybe race some Canadian talent up and on the roads. I've I've looked at and circled the half marathon championships in June. I've looked at the 10K in June that, uh, you know, that out west pacific distance carnivals looking to put on i, I want to come to canada this summer and run some fast times and i look forward to running on the track at canadian championships and you know just competing at, with some new faces and trying to do some new things oh man that that ten thousand meter distance carnival is going to be wild and i'm glad glad to hear that you're signing up for it we want you know as many guys there as as we can possibly get so i'm i'm really glad to hear that and man, I'm really glad things things are really working out for you. It sounds like you know you've got uh, you've got a good head on your shoulders, and uh, man, also congratulations on on you know getting married this past year as well too. Uh, huge accomplishment as well too. I, I realize we're a running show, but hey, it's uh, it's all about life too. So man, really appreciate you being on the show and and taking the time to be on this week, man. Thanks for having me, and I appreciate it. Well, that wraps up another edition of the Terminal Mile. Big thanks to my guests this week, Rory, as well as to Tracky for their ongoing support. If you want to find us online, you can do so at the Terminal Mile. We're on Twitter and Instagram with that handle. We're also on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, Google Play, and of course, Tracky.ca. Big thanks to you for listening. This has been the Terminal Mile, a Tracky Radio production. Music.